One of the early topics this season for the Chicago Bulls was Patrick Williams reportedly wanting a $200 million contract. While I always doubted their claims and reports of that number, I want to talk today about how Patrick Williams' play has likely got him a little bit more in that extension that was already likely coming this summer. We're going to talk about that, plus preview the game against the Philadelphia 76ers and dive into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And so I want to talk about Patrick Williams, right? Patrick Williams, who, you know, I get it, Kobe White has definitely taken the leap. Patrick Williams has taken a step forward that could turn into a leap as well, depending on how he finishes out the season and builds upon it in the offseason. Now, one of the things with Patrick Williams that we have to worry about that we didn't with Kobe is a extension is coming up. Right? Kobe White already signed his extension last season, and then we got this play from him after that extension. So uh, with Patrick Williams being part of the extension, it's definitely going to affect how the Chicago Bulls can attack their offseason. We've already talked about that the Bulls may just be priced out of keeping a player like Andre Drummond, which is may, why you may see them like go after a player like Adama Sanogo and things like that. We'll see what they do in the draft this year. Um, but there's definitely, at the end of the day, the Bulls are a, a team because of our ownership that doesn't pay the luxury tax. Every year we get closer and closer to that. We've got some contracts coming off the books. We've got some things that we can do. Could change with the Zach Levine trade, depending on what they get back things like that. It also, uh, you know, if DeMar DeRozan is extended. But right now, Patrick Williams is go probably going to be one of the first uh, decisions that the Chicago Bulls make this upcoming offseason. And it could end up like Kobe and Iota Sumu, for that matter, where they get their money early in free agency. They don't really uh, uh, meet with any other team, something like that. Or it could play out much like Zach Levine's initial restricted free agency here, where Patrick Williams goes out and gets his deal from another team. They, the Bulls let that set the market, and then they match the offer. So, it could work out a couple of different ways, but one thing that is in Patrick Williams' control is his play on the court to a degree, right? Of course, if Billy Donovan decides to bench him or something like that, that technically would be out of his control in a way. But uh, so when you look at Patrick Williams' numbers, at least for the month of December, he's averaging 14.2 points per game, four and a half rebounds per game, one steal, one block. He's doing that on 51% shooting from the field and 51% from three-point range, and he's taking almost four three-pointers per game and hitting at a really good clip. Now, that 51% from uh, from three-point range, that's probably not going not gonna to continue. Now, I've said that before. I mean, I think he finished last season above 40%. So it is a strong possibility that Patrick Williams finishes this season with pretty strong uh, numbers three-point shooting-wise. And, you know, I talked about it on a couple of episodes ago. Patrick Williams is really finally rounding out to a true 3-and-D player because the defense that he's playing right now is some of the best defense in his of his NBA career. He's the best non-center rim protector in the NBA per statistics. Now, we want to see that a little bit more, be a little bit more impactful at times, but he's doing it. He's also increased his points per game from last season where he averaged 10.2. He's only averaging 10.3 right now, but it's still a young season. His role has increased, and with his level of play, I would not be surprised if Patrick Williams finishes the season averaging between 12 and 14 points per game on solid enough rebounding numbers, solid enough block numbers, and still numbers as well. So, it really, the Bulls are going to have to ask that question for Patrick Williams, who initially got benched. He got benched for 10 games. He's played in all 33 games so far, got, was uh, off the bench in 10 of those. But he really now is has a firm hold on that starting power forward position, even with Torrey Craig being out. But I still think if Torrey Craig was in, not really going to be looking for Torrey Craig to take that position with the way that Patrick Williams is playing. 
And so you, the, the Bulls have to ask themselves, what does that extension now look like for Patrick Williams? And we've kind of gone over other similar contract extensions for players that were drafted around Patrick Williams' range. Typically, you know, they have a little bit more play, they're a little bit more impactful because they have larger roles on the team. But you're looking at probably, I think, for Patrick Williams, between 15 and $18 million per year. I just think that that's the number. I know that's going to shock a lot of fans, and some people are still going to look at that number and say, hey, that's still a little too high for what Patrick Williams has given us. And there, there's, there's credence in that thought process as well. But you got to remember, with deals out of your rookie contract, you're still not just paying for who they are currently. You're also paying a little bit for who you think they're going to become. And with Patrick Williams playing the way that he is this season, if that maintains and throughout the rest of the season, right, then you've got a little over half a season less to be played, then Patrick Williams more than earns that and is going to earn that trust in the thinking, hey, this is a guy who could really take a, a true leap next season because he's laying the foundation, I always say, much like Kobe White did last season, of just doing the other things. And if that larger role comes in the offense, which we're seeing Patrick Williams step up and kind of take it, still 10 shots per game, right? Um, I, I think that I think that Pat is going to get that extension. I think it's going to be around that number. And I wouldn't necessarily be mad at it because he's finally starting to show those things consistently, right? He's shown them in flashes. That that's We've seen it in flashes every year of his NBA career. He's always had a game or two or three games where you really see what Patrick Williams can become. But he's really playing impactful basketball here for the last month in a row. Now, he has to continue that, right? That's the biggest thing because if Patrick Williams falls off a cliff here in the month of January and February, then maybe he comes back up. In, in, in March and April to end the season, he's still going to have some questions. But if this stays, and that doesn't mean he's not going to have his cold shooting games, that's going to happen for every NBA player. But you just want to see, you want to look at the week-to-weeks, the month-to-month with Patrick Williams, and then also watching the games and seeing how he's impacting those games, especially in wins, and how he's stepping up in moments where we need it. So I think that what, that's what it comes down to with Pat. It's going to be a, another one of those difficult decisions that this front office has to make, even though I've always said there's, there was very slim to no chance that Patrick Williams wasn't going to get an extension with the Chicago Bulls. You just look at his age, 22 years old. I just don't see this Bulls team giving up on him uh, with still that much potential left untapped in him, and he was their first draft selection. But Patrick Williams is starting to show that that decision is going to be based more. It's going to be best. It's going to be um, less based on um, on uh, just what he could be, and kind of more based on the fact that you're showing us what we want to see from you. Now let's see if you can build on it. Let's see if you can take your game truly to that next level that we want to see from Patrick Williams. But let me know what you guys think on that one down below if you're on the YouTube side, if you're on the podcast side. i tell you at the end of the show how to get your thoughts in. But the Bulls also have a game tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. And this is a game where Joel Embiid is going to be out. And I wish I could then say, hey, well, then this should be an easier game for the Bulls. But we've seen this Bulls team play against teams that are missing pieces before. And it, and it hasn't been as easy as what it was going to be on paper, right? Patrick Williams and Javon Carter are both also listed as questionable as they both have right ankle sprains as well. So we'll see how that plays into it. But I do think that Joel Embiid being out does help the Bulls in one of the things that we're struggling in right now, and that is Nikola Vucevic being out in this game. So, um, you know, that, that's going to help, especially with some size and things that we have there. And, uh, you know, Joel Embiid also is the – player that's leading the league in scoring so when you anytime you have a a chance to to play a team that's missing their leading score and on top of that that guy is also uh, somebody who leads them in a bunch of statistical categories right you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna want to take advantage of that Joel Embiid's leading them in points leading them in blocks leading them in rebounds um so you know this is it steps into what the Bulls like to do we need to be a team that's going to rebound the ball extremely well on offense and defense to get us out in transition and then of course offensively to get us those second chance points where the Bulls really thrive at and that now moves Paul Reed 
and Mo Bamba to play. Uh, well, they just got Kenny Lofton Jr. as well, who's going to play some minutes for them potentially at, at that big man position. And the Bulls can take advantage of that, right? And, you know, with Terry Taylor, I know a lot of Bulls fans want to see Adama Sanogo. Heck, I want to see Adama Sanogo. But I think that, you know, with the run that that small ball lineup went with, Probably going to see a couple of more games of that until, like, it completely flames out. And then, you know, Billy Donovan may go to Adama then. So, you know, this is the opportunity that the Bulls have, man. Kobe White versus Tyrese Maxey. Got to see that in the last game. Kobe didn't necessarily play the best in that game. And so, I, I just, the Bulls need to d- defend. Again, set that tone defensively. That is always when this Bulls team has the greatest chance to win games. Set the tone defensively. If you can set that tone defensively, things are going to really go well for the Chicago Bulls. Rebound the ball well. Get out in transition when you can, right? based off forcing turnovers, those type of things, that allows the players to be uh, really impactful. And this is a game where I am looking. I'm not just thinking that he can. I am looking for Io DeSumo to make an impact today coming off the bench. Doesn't necessarily have to be offensively. Can be defensively. But Io DeSumo right now is the best player that we have coming off the bench with all the injuries and things that we have and players out. So Io DeSumo has to make an impact, basically, for the Chicago Bulls off the bench. That can be defensively. That can be offensively. It can be a mixture of the both. But we need that. And then can Kobe White get out of the shooting slump? I know he's dealing with the wrist injury that definitely can affect the shooting. But reportedly, when this stretch started with Kobe, had it now could have gotten re-aggravated, things like that. But he's been dealing with that wrist tightness for a while now. And then Patrick Williams. This is a game where I want to see Patrick Williams. Tobias Harris, I'm sorry, uh, Nicholas Batum is also out in this game. That means you're going to see a lot of Marcus Morris and Tobias Harris uh, in this game as well. And those are matchups I want to see Patrick Williams take advantage of. And if they pit uh, Robert Covington on him, come on, Pat. Like, we got to cook, right? We got to cook. And tomorrow is going to be highly important for this game as well. Don't be surprised if they put a mixture of uh, Melton and Tobias Harris on uh, on him at times. And you can't allow Kelly Oubre Jr. to come off the bench and kill you three-point shooting-wise. You cannot allow that. So those are things that the Bulls need to do in this game. Uh, I think that, that we know that they have the capability of doing it. It's just will they do it is the, is the question there. So you know, if the Bulls come in, they have a better game plan, especially defensively. They execute offensively and can shoot the ball at an effective rate. And I'm not even just talking about threes, but those can help as well. The Bulls can definitely win this game, but, you know, they can't come unprepared. You cannot overlook any team, no matter who they're missing. At this point, the Bulls cannot do that. We need to play with that harder Chicago that we've seen from this team. And if we do that, we're going to be on point. But all right, let's go into the, uh, we're going to get into the next stage of the episode where we actually get into your voicemails. This first one, this one's for Michael Korn. Hey, hey, what's up, Pace? Um, I think there's a 75% chance Zach Levine stays uh, with the Bulls all season. Hey, thanks for dropping uh, the pod you did yesterday about uh, Zach Levine on his injury update. Uh, the reason I think it's 75% that he stays with the Bulls is uh, not just the reports that there's not a trademark, and I think you know those reasons are you know easy to see, but I've been thinking about this uh, with, uh, if you're Zach Levine, uh, how happy are you with your agency? Uh, You know, they should have just really shut up and not said a thing, uh, you know, instead of uh, his name getting, you know, uh, really, uh, I don't think, have we seen players like that who just, uh, they've requested trade, except like a James Harden, and their value just uh, spirals downwards. Uh, I would be pissed off at my agency if they were representing me, and now they're floating like, hey, we'll just go to for John Murray, and I believe he's another um, uh, player who's in that agency, right? But anyway, so the question becomes for me, or for Bulls fans, uh, uh, you know, and for the team, uh, Zach Levine is 
you know, if he does stay, is he capable of doing the things we want him to and, you know, and not overshadow all the progress we've seen? Um, I think to do that, I, I would, you know, I would be stoked if he comes back and he, like, we see the best of him and he fits in really well. Uh, you know, may want to have him fire his agency first. But if, if Zach Levine shows the love and the hustle, man, then Bulls could, I mean, he's got great talent and, uh, you know, the Bulls, pretty much have to, you know, sleep in the bed they made by paying him that salary. But maybe he's thankful for his agents. But it, it just seems like it's been a, uh, it's been farcical that his values plummeted. And uh, But anyway, uh, uh, looking forward to the game on Thursday against the Pacers. Go Bulls, man. See you right. Hey, thanks, Dave. 75% chance that Zach Levine stays us. A high percentage there, Mr. Korn. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I think that that becomes more and more likely, right? That Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Every day that goes by, I just think it becomes more likely. I know right now he's injured and he's not playing himself in or out of a trade or anything like that, but it's just, it's like it just becomes more, it just feels like it becomes more likely, right? And should Zach Levine be upset with his representation? Maybe. I mean, when it comes down to it, Clutch Sports has had such a chokehold on, on just dictating kind of the player empowerment movement almost goes hand in hand with the rise of Clutch Sports. And eventually you're going to see teams fight back against that. I'm not saying the Bulls are necessarily trying to. I think. The trademark or more so is one, one thing that's getting that. But you may see a humbling to a degree, right? Um, And, you know, I don't know if Zach's to be upset with his representation if that happens. But at the end of the day, I just think that, you know, it, it, it's 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 the nature of the game. Uh, when you're moved is as important as who you're moved for sometimes. And right now, the questions around Zach Levine around the league are legit and they're loud. And that's going to definitely affect the interest that's in a player like Zach Levine. Um, and then when you see his team winning without him, that's going to increase those questions even more. Now, to the last part of your question, is Zach capable of doing what the Bulls need him to do? He is more than capable physically. If you look at skill-wise, he's more than more than capable of that. He has more than enough skill to do what the things that this Chicago Bulls team is trying to do with their offense and, and, and things like that. And I actually think it helps solve some of the issues with Zach's basketball IQ and whatnot. But at the end of the day, like, it's just Willie. Does he want to? And that means sacrificing. And that's not to say that Zach hasn't sacrificed before. But he's going to have to make further sacrifices if he wants to be here and he wants this team to win. If the ultimate goal is, I want to win basketball games, wherever I am. That's what he said. He wants to win. If that's the goal, you're going to have to make sacrifices, especially with the way that this team is playing now. And I guess we'll get those answers here in a couple of weeks because, hey, we're, we're at this point like 10 days away from that time period they gave. Now, it could be extended. Uh, you know, we saw a video of him running straight forward and curved and things like that, and they're doing it. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's I think that it's, it does Zach want to. And if he wants to and wants to win, I think that Zach more than more than has the skill set to do that. But let me know what you guys think down below. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Shay. Yo, hey, what's up, man? Look, I know a lot of fans 
are hyped on Andre Drummond after the game he had against the Atlanta Hawks. But I'm here to tell y'all this. Yeah, Andre Drummond put up some good rebound stats, and that was all well and good. But let's think about it for a second. He's done this on his former team that he was the franchise player when he was with the Detroit Pistons. And they didn't win a lot of games. Also, he did this with the Brooklyn Nets, and they didn't win a lot of games. Along with the Pistons, and they didn't win a lot of games. You know, Andre Drummond is not the center that you need to have starting. He's one of those centers that weathers the storm in terms of the right center gets back. You know what I mean? Like, now I'm not saying that he can. I'm not saying that he he won't. But I'm just saying for the most part, that's just pump our brakes here. It's good. It's good that he's having a good rebounding game. And we do need him, and he does affect what we do. But it's like, at the same time, let's just stop, man. Yeah, he's younger than Vooch, but just, like, just take the time to think, what if he were to match up with the real centers or at the rather real teams like the Brooke Lopez? He will get exposed. And not to mention, when we did, when we played against Andre Drummond back in the days, people like Cristiano Felicio, Daniel Gafford, and Wendell Carter used to get their career highs. Hell, even Luke Cornett got a career high against Andre Drummond. And a lot of the, and two out of four of those players that I mentioned are not even great NBA players. And one's not even in, in the league anymore. So yeah, I understand. Andre Drummond is a, is a guy that you need on your team, is a guy that you want on your team. But at the end of the day, he's not the starting center, especially in today's NBA, and especially when you know and you've seen, and uh, we've all seen him in the playoffs and well, what he does against center, centers that can stretch the floor out and shoot. He can have one good game against him. And he may have a good game against Miles Turner, but in due time, it will come back down to reality. That's all I got to say. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. And, and Shay, I, 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 I share a lot of your sentiments here. It's not that, and, and I think sometimes when you say things like that, some people will take it as you're saying Drum's a bad player. Drum is not a bad player at all. But the role that you play is highly important in the impact that you can have in the game as well. If you throw somebody into a role that they are not ready for, or they're not equipped for, it's not going to look as good as when they're doing the similar things in a different role. And Andre Drummond at this point in his career is the best backup center in the league. And that is a perfect role for him. And he's going to be able to give you some games where, he's, where he plays great starting wise. That's going to happen. He's going to look like the all-star Andre Drummond sometimes out there. But he's a very limited player. And I think that you've seen like, the passing is is solid at times, but not solid in kind of half court situations. The whole getting his own miss thing at times can be good, but then at times it breaks the offense because he's just tipping it, like shooting without getting the ball. Let me set, let me pass it out to one of my guards. Let's get a better shot out. Those type of things happen. But Andre Drummond is a player that can impact the game. You, regardless of the minutes that you give him, he's going to find a way to impact the game. Some of those mistakes and chance of those mistakes are going to rise with more minutes as well, of course. But he's a player that can impact the game of basketball. And that's not what you can say about a lot of people in the way that he can impact it, especially as a backup center. That's a special, special talent for Andre Drummond. And, you know, some we're, we're Bulls fans, sports fans in general, they like to make these knee-jerk reactions, comments, comparisons, things like that. And while I get it, especially after that first game that Drummond played, people were like, he should be starting. It's It never was that. It was never going to be that. And there are reasons, basketball reasons why to that. But Andre Drummond is a great player. I don't like talking bad about Drummond because he is so special in what he does and so elite that, that, that this team needs it, uses it, and it always helps us win games when he plays great. And so Andre Drummond is great for what he does. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one is from No Sage's son, actually. Let's go ahead and listen to that now. Hi, Hayes. Uh, this is uh, No Sage's 
son, and uh, my brother had a question for you. Do you think Andre Drummond will break the backboard? Because I've been seeing a lot of people break the backboard on YouTube. Bye! First of all, I love the fact that No Sage had a son call in. And who's to say, and who says that, uh, Bulls, uh, Chicago Bulls Central is not for the kids, right? Who says that? And just the live streams aren't for kids. Don't have your kids watch the live streams. With that said, though, uh, will Andre Drummond break a backboard? That is a great question. Thank you for that. Um, but a, a backboard hasn't been broken since 1993, and that was Shaq that did it. I think with the change in technology, things like that, you're not going to see a lot of uh, broken backboards in modern-day basketball. But can Drum uh, uh, break a backboard? If, the, if he was playing in the 90s, oh, yeah, Drum would have a couple of broken backboards. Um, but yeah, it, it's just not going to happen because it doesn't happen in the modern NBA. It's not that players aren't strong enough. It's just that I, with the way that the backboards are now, I don't think they can be broken. So great question there, man. Thank you for leaving that voice. That actually made me smile. Thank you for that. All right, let's get into this last voicemail for the day. This one's from the Savior, and he's about to get cooked. Yeah, I hear that cut off the last time, but this is Pichalo, the Savior, musician and book author from Chicago. Um, I just want to let you know I'm a diehard Bulls fan. And I'm a diehard Zach Levine fan. I really respect the blood, sweat, and tears that he put in for our team. You don't understand that Zach Levine never wanted to get traded, but he still came up in trade rumors. Now, the organization and everybody else is blaming him because he was on bad teams that couldn't get him over the hump. And then Billy Donovan was still figuring everything out. And he's actually a good coach and well-respected around the league. So as a human, in the human aspect of it, you not wanting to be getting traded and you the face of the franchise and then some new guys come in like DeMar DeRozan, which I love. The, the coach, Billy Donovan, is giving him the last shot and all this other stuff. And then you got young guys still developing and they don't want to produce how they need to or couldn't or and plus we didn't have development culture. So we didn't have a very good team. And then the young guys wasn't putting in the work. All Zach Levine wanted them to do is put in the necessary work so we could become a, a winning team. Now, with him being out, now they started to develop more because we have development coaches and things of that nature from this year. And they started to develop their, their own game more. That's all he ever wanted. And that's the only way we're going to win. And he's perfect for the system. You know, we didn't have guys to support Zach, DeMar, and Boots to play in that system. So they leaned heavy, heavily on isolation ball. Now, my problem with you is you keep promoting this mainstream narrative as if Zach want to get traded and um, he's requested and all this other stuff. He's only doing that is because the organization keep planning on trading him for assets. They kept beating down his door with that. He didn't come up with those general ideas. He never wanted it. That's why he signed that contract with us. He gave us everything. He give us everything, and then you still like uh, mainstream media is study beating him down and acting like he wants to get traded and all this other stuff, and you study promoting that when he's exactly what our system needs right now. With our players have been developed and they on the stage of their career or where they at right now. You put Zach Levine in that mix, we have a championship team easily. We have a championship contender team easily. And I hate that narrative that you keep putting out there. He's only feeding off the energy of what the fucking the chairman and the, the basketball uh, executive staff is doing. Now, you need to stop doing that, brother, from, from what all Zach Levine has did. All right. So 
first off, for the fact that you even ended that saying the Bulls can easily be a championship team lets me know you are so caught up in your own narrative that you can't see the forest through the goddamn trees. And let's also be clear on this. Every player is involved in trade rumors. The Chicago Bulls denied every trade call and request that they got for Zach Levine because they weren't interested in trading him. So to say that, oh, well, his name was in trade rumors, that's on the franchise. If you can't deal with your name being in trade rumors, but then you don't have the mental fortitude to do this. Every player's name is going to be in that. So the pity party, the woo-woo-woo for, for Zach Levine's name being in trade talks, he, you're about as sensitive as he is if you think that that's real and you got you to wake the fuck up. You're a grown-ass man, bro. Be one. And then as far as DeMar coming in and getting last-second shots over Zach Levine, it's about show and prove. Zach Levine has proven to be one of the worst clutch decision-makers in the NBA. That is exactly why Lonzo and DeMar were brought here to help shore up part of Zach Levine's game. So if Zach Levine is in his feelings about DeMar DeRozan getting more last-second shots than him, step your fucking game up, bruh. That's all what it comes down to. And so to say that, oh, it's a narrative, to say Zach Levine and his representation requested a trade that's not narrative that is fact it doesn't fit you because you want to give Zach Levine an out and 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 baby the grown-ass man that is Zach Levine when he wanted out and I like I said before I understand why he wanted out if your goal is to win this Bulls team did not look like it was going that direction I have no problem with Zach Levine requesting a trade and I said that but the bigger thing that I had a problem with was his play on the court at times after that trade shit came out that is not excusable so you can miss me with all this narrative-ass bullshit mainstream-ass media, but guess what? You sitting there, me mainstream media? Come the fuck on, bro. And on top of all of that, you sit there with your dumb-ass points, and you don't even know how to, like, bro, fix your phone. Fix your phone. Don't come here with that bullshit, because that will get you cooked around here at Chicago Bulls Central. And that, educate yourself, young man, and wake up to the realities of what's going on with this situation. It's fine to be on the player's side, but don't try to turn it into something that it's not, because people like me who actually know the facts will cook you. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod.gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go, uh, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.